Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, May 7th, 2023, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. This is episode 66, Combat. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. There will be some and spoilers I'm ahead. Bryce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bryce is not with us today because he has to do some work. That was a strong Bryce impression, though. Uh, work, work calls, and Bryce has to, you know, has to work. We all got to work. Eat to live, yeah. live to eat. So, yeah. at any rate, uh, Bryce will probably be back with us next week, y'all. 100%. Um, with that, we got a thin docket today. Uh, well, actually, no, we don't have a thin docket. I was still in the manga mode for some reason. But yeah. this being combat, we actually got three different events we're going to cover today. So <clears throat> Matt's going to take us through Canelo versus Ryder first. I'm going to take us through just the main event of uh, one championship, uh, Johnson versus Marais three. Then we are both going to tackle UFC 288, Sterling versus Cejudo. But without wasting any additional time, Matt, take it away. So I'm going to start off. We had Canelo Alvarez versus John Ryder last night. This was Canelo Alvarez defending uh, the undisputed super middleweight titles, um, being the WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, and ring titles. Um, this was a homecoming fight for him. It was uh, billed out of Guadalajara, Mexico, which is where he's from. Um, <clears throat> they fought at Estadio Akron. Uh, in Mexico, and one of the things that was interesting was this was a really small ring. Mm. I think they fought in like an 18-foot ring, and you know, you see a lot of different size like boxing rings and stuff, uh, especially at bigger events, right? like 25-foot rings and stuff like that. Like, this ring was very noticeably small, but I mean, look, it was a homecoming fight for him. His entrance was the homecoming, oh my God, like he damn near had a WrestleMania entrance. It was like more mariachi than I've ever seen in my life. Like there were like apparently fans that were in attendance were given like glowing Canelo bracelets and stuff. It was a huge production. They really did a big thing to, you know, really make him look good. Um, right. And on the other end, we had John Ryder coming uh from the UK, having earned himself uh a mandatory slot and getting his title shot. After back-to-back victories over Daniel Jacobs and Zach Parker, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Parker actually being for an interim WBO title, which was how he was able to slide in for an undisputed shot. Okay. Um, with that said, Ryder is uh, 34 years old from London. And, you know, he did a little more than come across the pond. He came all the way to Mexico. And I think he made a, yeah. gave a really good account of, of himself. Obviously, as you can tell about uh, by how I'm speaking about the fight. This was right. a unanimous decision victory for Canelo. We had John Ryder, who basically came across a little more than across the pond, but you know, all the way to Mexico to mm-hmm. pretty much try to beat one of the pound for pound kings of boxing. And it, to a lot of people, the face of boxing, regardless of taking that loss a little while back to um, Dimitri Bivol. Mm-hmm. Canelo pretty much put on a performance that we typically see him do. Um, you know, slowly stalking this guy, walking him down, trying to get the big punch, getting some big shots off. But he was throwing a few more combinations. But if I'm being 100% honest with you, Canelo, 32 years old, 60-plus professional fights, obviously doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. I mean, he fights at a good pace, fights about two, three times a year, right. typically about two. Um, uh, so if if the calendar is to be believed how he usually does things we'll probably see him again in september because those Mm -hmm. are typically the two times he fights may and september um then it'll be interesting to see where he goes from there third round he breaks john Ryder's nose which 
causes a lot of blood, like more blood than I've seen for a while, uh, at least just straight out of a nose. This was a very, uh, I don't want to say any graphic or gruesome or anything like that, but it was a pretty bloody fight. Mm -hmm. um, Canelo dropped him multiple times <clears throat> over the course of this uh, contest on his way, pretty much cruising to a decision. Um, but I, I'm not going to play John Ryder as if, you know, he wasn't in there. There were definitely moments. He took a handful of rounds, um, but he was sent down to the canvas again in like the fifth round. And at a certain point, it just sort of became like, when would Canelo stop him? Mm -hmm. But Canelo, uh, you know, uh, Canelo never was actually able to stop him. But, man, he beat this guy up. But I will say, considering that Canelo didn't look, uh, I don't want to say necessarily uh, as sharp, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Didn't look as sharp as we were, like, used to seeing him. It wasn't like he was particularly getting hit more. He just, it's kind of hard to describe if you didn't see the fight. He just looked like, didn't look all the way like himself. And, I mean, mm -hmm. look, that could just be the the tenured career you know what i'm saying he's it could been doing just be, it for a long time man yeah could just be he was real loose you know he was at home this was obviously set up to be just like a really huge homecoming thing for him mm -hmm. you know so maybe he was just a little more chill obviously he was in shape you know he went 12 rounds and canelo's a guy that's been doing 12 rounds so long now that it's like kind of doesn't i don't even think he thinks about it like i don't know if his training regimen even changes like mm -hmm. ever because all he ever does is 12 round fights yeah. Canelo hasn't been, he hasn't been in a fight. The last fight Canelo Alvarez had that was not a 12 rounder was in 2007. Mm. He hasn't been scheduled for Holy anything shit. less than 12 rounds since 2007. 16 years. Yeah, man. So, but that pretty much was that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where Canelo goes next. Some people want to see him with Benavidez. He's been adamant that he wants to get a rematch with Bivol. He wants everything the same, same weight, same everything. So who knows? We'll mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, TJ, I, I didn't get a chance to catch the um, the, uh, the Mighty Mouse, the one championship. Did you want to get, get into that real quick? Yeah, uh, 100%. So this took place on Friday the 5th, literally Cinco de Mayo. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was the first 1FC event to take place stateside, one of their first, like, big, big events, almost like their pay-per-view equivalent. I don't want to say pay-per-view, pay-per-view, because you can still watch it on Amazon um, for free, if I recall correctly, right? Mm -hmm. um, but with that being said, right, we had Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. If you don't know who he is, let me just sum it up. Uh, what was it, like eleven title defenses or twelve? He has the he has the the, the most title defenses yeah. in the UFC, right? He has the record for the most consecutive title defenses in the UFC. Yeah, and like with the title defenses in one championship, like what? Like I want to say bringing it over to twelve, and I think with this last one, spoiler alert, he won thirteen. Um, but well, actually, no, he might be on fourteen. I think it was thirteen before uh the start of the fight. But with that, right? Here's what you need to know about Adrian Marais, right? Brazilian, he's like, what, 5'7 to DJ's 5'3? Um, but he was the first guy to ever finish DJ in uh, combat sports, right? He took that belt from him. DJ got his revenge on him back in 2021. So this was like the trilogy, right? Best mm -hmm. two out of three. Once this is over, we put it behind us, right? Um, man, what... It was basically the DJ show, right? Uh, I'm not going to go over it round by round, although I do have my notes round by round, but 
if I were to summarize it, it was like DJ constantly switching on him, hitting him with angles, switching stances, going from orthodox to southpaw and switching stances right, hitting him with leg kicks from a distance, and then trying to bridge the gap, trying to get Mohais, uh, Marais to engage. But here's the other thing, too, is like with all the feints, the stance switching, the constant angles and looks that DJ was giving Marais, Marais couldn't really get his engine started, so to speak. That being said, though, when Marais was able to get his like hands to go, he did mm-hmm. find some success. Like his right overhand coming over the top was at certain points finding a home on DJ's face. It looked like he would wobble DJ, but then between rounds, you'd see DJ go to the corner and he's like completely relaxed and completely fine, right? So maybe it was like more of the reaction that looked bad, but um, DJ was in control the whole time, man. There was a bunch, a bunch of fence grappling and fence wrestling. And dude, that's when you saw some devastating knees from Demetrius Johnson. Like, there were a few times I was like, bro, why are you kneeing this man so hard? He knocked you. You already avenged the knockout. What's this about? <laughs> it's like, but, but, but yeah, it was just a DJ. It was just a dominant performance. Like, DJ dominated him standing against the fence. Even in the grappling changes, there was a takedown attempt. DJ was like out here just. I mean, if you don't know DJ was DJing. how good Demetrius Johnson is from his UFC career, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, DJ was DJ. It was the DJ. It was like Demetrius DJ Johnson Marais. was like, I'm the truth in the UFC. And they was like, what if we take you to the one championship? He's like, yeah, I'm the truth in one championship. Like, <laughs> right, basically. Right. It was like, it just carried over. Part of, <laughs> you're not, the, the thing is, you're not wrong. Like, He's been, and I'm really happy for him too, Heike, because he's been thriving in one championship. It looks like the money's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're paying him what he's worth. Uh, part of the storyline going into this fight too is like, is this going to be DJ's retirement fight, right? Mm-hmm. The way he phrased it as they brought like a potential, uh, the potential next contender for the belt is he wants to go back home, talk with his wife, so on and so forth. Uh, he'd be. It looks like he wouldn't mind fighting you know, the potential next contender, but it's up in the air is what it sounds like, right? It's up in the air, but man, the man is, he's still that dude. He is still that dude. He couldn't finish Marias, but he fucking beat him up for three rounds. That's what I'll say. Or not for three rounds, for five rounds. Oh, that's even worse. (laughs) Like, yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's, that was my thoughts on one championship. We don't, we don't always bring up one championship fights because, you know, with our schedules and stuff like that, oftentimes it comes up on a Friday. Like, I just happened to be able to catch it when I got back uh, home, uh, like right when the main event started. But don't think that we don't pay attention to one championship. We just don't mm-hmm. always cover it on the podcast, but we, we are super aware of it. Like, I'll just put it that way. Um, with that, though, is the time? It's time! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy Bruce Buffer over here on the pod. Um, Shout out, Bruce. Um, we had <laughs> UFC 288, Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. But I'm not going to lie to y'all. This bitch was stacked. This this main listen, card was stacked. Listen. I didn't get to see the prelims. but Me I was, neither, but I, listen, I bet they were cooking. <laughs> they were cooking. Now, from what I understand, cooking. now my heart was broke. I know. My heart got broke twice last night. I know. Because I found out my boy... The Crimson Chan Drew Dober went down. I know, dude. I, I saw it. 
Uh, oh, the, broke my heart. The the stats. I didn't see the actual uh, knockout, but I, I don't want to like, see it. Shit. You know that meme I sent y'all earlier this week when it was just like every where you were like you watching oh, yeah. fights with casuals. Every yeah, yeah every he's just staring. staring. I was like, <laughs> just like you watching a fight with your casual homies and you just your favorite fighter just brutally get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, and everybody else just chilling. Like that's how I felt, bro. Soulless. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like. I feel like the other meme was like, they don't know Andras just died. Like, like <laughs> yeah. just standing in the corner of the room, like, I don't know, man. That shit, I was feeling the way, but. Oh, man. So, to open the card, we had Cron Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Mm-hmm. And nice nice I'm, pronunciation, bro. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. And you know what? This was, in a lot of ways, and not necessarily good, a throwback fight. Real, uh, real striker yeah. versus grappler, if you will. Like, um, think, think 92, y'all. Like, 92, 93. From what we know about <clears throat> Charles Jordan, Charles Jordan, uh, the, the, the monster from Quebec, Canada, he is um, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but it's not really his primary thing. He mm-hmm. Clearly, if you see him fight, he's a striker. Mm-hmm. That's what he likes, you know. He has he has some submissions on his uh, record, but he's primarily a striker. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all a lot of people do jujitsu, but then there's like Gracies, right? And like they, it's it, jujitsu is like a, a life kind of synonymous thing with them. Yeah, yeah, it's like religion for those people. No offense. Uh, Wait, no offense intended, right? <laughs> like, Jiu-Jitsu is like they religion. I know. It's like yeah. the way he said it, I was like, who's going to be offended? But hey, I, I said know. those people. I don't know. So, oh, yeah. 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 I, I feel you. It's coming your bases. I got you. Hey, just, you just, I don't know jujitsu. I don't need my knee to get popped. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Every time you at Jiu-Jitsu, it's like my knee. <laughs> like, I just, That's all I think. That's all I think. Like, I, I've seen one nigga get knee barred and I never needed to see it again. It's like, oh, okay. That's how they get down. You got it. <laughs> so, Prong Gracie's game plan essentially was, I'm just going to force this jujitsu on you. And whether you want to, whether you jujitsu or jujitsu don't, motherfucker, it's going to happen. And... This dude was like, at certain points, not even trying to strike. Like, he was just like, just come here. Like, he yeah. Like, he just, like, it looked like he just reached Literally to hug butt him. scooting. Like, at, just at get over here. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Laying on the ground, sitting down, butt scooting to him. Like, come on, come down here. And Charles Jordan was like, very, you know, TJ called this out too. It was like, very, very mature to like, not engage. But there definitely were a handful of moments when they were on the ground. And Charles Jordan, like he held he held himself pretty well, but it was some times Prone did some shit and he had that fall back in the chair moment, like, whoa, whoa. Hey, relax. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. hey, put that leg down, goddammit. Now. Um, and this wouldn't be the only jujitsu we was gonna see tonight. I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you that. But ultimately, and despite the fact that he took such an odd approach, it wasn't like a bad fight. It was just weird to see this dude like. Try to fight him like this, like in I wouldn't even imagine. And, and I wouldn't imagine fighting a guy as dynamic as Charles Jordan like that. Right, you know what I'm saying. I just wouldn't imagine fighting like that. But not in 2023. It, it was just odd. It was odd to see. It's yeah. real odd to see. But uh, ultimately, uh, Charles Jordan came away with a decision victory. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it just like it wasn't a lot of strikes. wasn't a lot of strikes landed. 
I mean, it was a decent amount, but you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. most of the strikes that were landed were on the ground. Yeah. Kron uh, wasn't using a lot of his hands, and he was landing a handful of times when he would, like, actually commit to his punches, but, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with Kron going forward, and we'll see what happens with Charles going forward. Um, but, man, we had a, a banger in our next one, TJ, if you want to go into that. Oh, Listen, oh I'm let, sorry, Ellie, if you want to add your thoughts on... No, I didn't have anything to add. Like I said in the ad-libs, it was, like, it was basically, like, 1993. Um, yeah. It was... It's what it is. Um, not to say that his jujitsu was ineffective, because, like Matt said, like, there were some moments where he had Jean Don scared. Like, like you, like, Jean Don was literally refusing to engage. Like, he was trying to stand up... Like, he wouldn't just stand up. He'd stand up, and he'd also back away. Like, yeah. I need you to get back on your feet so we can handle this on our feet. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to I'm not trying to swim in no oceans right now, bro. I'm trying nope. to stay dry. I just got this product in my hair, bro. What you doing right now? Um, like, that's that's the type of energy it was, right? Uh, but if you don't mind me segueing into what I think might have been my favorite fight of the night. And this is... Listen, like the fight that Matt's gonna cover after this one was also crazy, mm-hmm. right? Um, but this one was my favorite fight of the night because it was insane, especially when you hear the background. So it's like it was originally supposed to be Evloya versus Mitchell, right? Um, Mitchell had to drop out, is what it is. So uh Diego Lopez, right, Brazilian, but trains out of Mexico, specifically out of uh is it Los Lobos? Um mm-hmm. the gym that the that uh a little uh, Oh my goodness! Why? Why am I Alexa Grasso, the the yeah. Grasso family own and train out of right? right. Um, so a little bit of background on Diego Lopez. This is literally his UFC debut that he's making, right? And the premise here, it's like, hey, for one, if you're ever taking a fight on short notice, short notice, it's always a gamble. We've seen that with like uh, Morono. Morono's notorious for like taking fights on short notice, but also getting a big payoff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, for Diego Lopez. If he were to beat Evloyev, right, what is the thing here? He gets to jump immediately into the top 10. Now, it didn't go his way, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't think his stock goes down. I think his stock goes up. And Loki, Evloyev's stock might go up as well. Now, mm-hmm. and you'll see why in just a few moments. But a little bit more background on Diego Lopez. He is Alexa Grasso's Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach. And mm. after the jiu-jitsu I seen him do uh, during this fight, I believe it, bro. Like, because that was some crazy shit. But not only that, he also trains under Alexa Grasso's dad, right? Like, Alexa Grasso's dad, um, Coach Grasso, if you will, because I don't know his first name. Uh, Matt, if you remember his first name, please chime in. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they talking about Alexa Grasso's like, dad? Help me. I don't. <laughs> help me. <laughs> like, but, hey, I'm just watching. Uh, like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know his name either. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, you'll see, like, with Diego Lopez's hands, he's got that signature Grasso style. We've Luis seen it Grasso. with who, right? We, say it again, Luis Grasso? Luis, yeah. Luis, right? We've seen it with who? Alexa. We've seen it with Irene, who's about to fight who in Ju- uh, June 10th? Amanda Ooh, Nunes. They about We've to seen those man. Like, dude, <laughs> shit. I, but it's Amanda Nunes, though. That's fair. But the hands. Sometimes it's a new day. Hands. Yeah. 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 We've seen the system get broken a few times recently. Mm-hmm. Like hella recently. Um, but with that, right? So you'll see the signature Grasso style like that. That straight up. I, to me, I like to call it like geometric precision with the punches where it's you see clean, angles. clean, clean lines and angles. It's, it's honestly very satisfying to watch if I'm being 100% uh, right now. But 
with that, we have Evloyev, Russian. That's all that needs to be said. We've mm-hmm. covered his fights on the podcast before. Like, I don't want to say he steamrolls his opponents, but he steamrolls his opponents. That's not even an understatement. Like, he overwhelms them with hands, feet, grappling, cage side, whatever it is. He hits them with an MMA fight. He's very clean. Like, you don't usually see him, at least for the amount of times we've covered him on the podcast, we've never seen him in trouble before. That changed tonight. So, Diego Lopez is taking this fight on, like, what? Two, not two days. No, Was it two days notice? Virtually, it was like two days notice. Yeah, right? Like, he takes this fight on two days notice. So, it's like, okay, how how game can he be? How much of a of a, of a, of a challenge could he present to Evloya? Uh, Three rounds worth, um, I will say. And to be fair, Evloya's got some quick-ass hands. Lopez is no slouch. But here's the thing. In every single round of this battle, and I say battle, mm-hmm. Lopez put Evloyev in some type of submission. Now, notice how I didn't say submission attempt. I said submission because Matt and I were watching this right in our in our respective homes, right? But we were watching this. These submissions were fully locked on, man, like fully locked on to the point where I was telling Matt off air, it's like, I don't know if Evloyev is like walking and living the same right now for not tapping to some of these submissions. Round one, Lopez catches Evloyev, literally buzzer beater in one of the best triangles from a close guard I have ever seen in my life. Like it was literally just neck and arm in that bitch. And I think if he had a little bit more time, Evloyev, who was saying like in the post fight that he never taps, would have been put to sleep. Like that's how crazy that triangle was. In round two, he caught Evloyev with an arm bar that I kind of had to look away because I was like, oh, we about to see something nasty. Um, still don't really know how Evloyev got out of that one. He honestly shouldn't have because it was like, he, he was, he was, Lopez was working toward it for a while too. And like, even the commentators were doubting it, but it's like, no, he's doing a really good job of isolating that arm. Something's about to happen, right? And it was just, it's, it's beautiful jujitsu, but it's also like, if you don't like seeing shit get broken, it's also very cringy and hard to watch. But that was round two. And then round three, right? He catches mm-hmm. them in... Should I call it a buzzer beater? I guess it was um, like... Yeah, I guess it was almost a buzzer I, beater. I yeah. guess, man. But it was like he went after... It, it was after Evloyev had him on the fence. It looked like Evloyev was going for his back. And then, like, you know, the typical fence situation. Uh, uh, the person who's against the fence has usually got their legs, like, staggered so they can stop the level change and take down. They might be uh, controlling the head and the upper body. person who is, like, pushing them against the fence, like might have their head a little low. They're keeping the pressure, but they're trying to hit that level change so they can at least, you know, get the double leg or something like that. It was one of those situations. Evloyev was slowly working his way to the back. And then Lopez just fucking, like, goes for the knee bar. And here's the thing, though. It wasn't a knee bar attempt. This shit was fully locked in to the point where you could see in real time Evloyev's knee being hyperextended in a way it should not Mm-mm. be going. My and the man <laughs> still refused to tap, Matt. 
You, we saw him wince yeah. and everything. He still refused to tap. There, there was like what? I tapped. Ten, ten, <laughs> there was like 10 seconds left on the clock. I'm like, bro, why aren't you tapping right now? You don't got to walk for the next few days? What is going on? You see you mm-hmm. see him wincing in pain, but he didn't tap. The decision ended up going uh, to Evloyev. I think, what was it? Uh, yeah, he won the, was it unanimous? I think, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Because it wasn't split, it wasn't majority, so it had to have been a unanimous decision. But I was like, yo, I don't know how unanimous it could have been, dog. But I guess, you know, if they don't tap, they don't really see the submission as, like, that worthy points-wise. But still, bro, that was my favorite fight of that night. Just the jujitsu of it all, uh, the way uh, Lopez just segued from submission to submission, didn't let the strikes deter him. And there were some spots where I was like, bro, you might get grounded and pounded out right now if you're not careful. But he was like, no. <laughs> and then he just switched over to the next submission. It was it was beautiful jiu-jitsu, uh, which is like kind of crazy because like you got Diego Lopez who, wait, I'm I'm calling him Diego Lopez. Was that his first name? I don't want to, I want to be out here yeah. like, okay. Okay, because you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want to be out here. It's like, it turns out his name was like Roger. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I was calling him Diego the whole time. But um, but he was out here just like, it, it was a, if you compare it to Crone versus Eric Jordan, right? It, hmm. it was like the, the diametric opposite of implementing your jujitsu in combat, right? Like, it felt like Crone was stuck in 1992, and here Lopez was like, this is modern day. This is how we do it, baby. We got hands. We got kicks. We we make it work, and we we implement our jiu-jitsu, right? It was just such a weird uh, dichotomy in terms of, like, the grappler, right? It, it was literally like it – was, it was like grapplers from two different eras on the same card. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Um, what'd you think, Matt? I, I went, I went a little mile on that one. My bad. This was no, you good, you good, you good. This was a, this was an MMA fight. Yeah, they fought at at every level on every point. They wrestled, they struck, they did jujitsu. Um, that's kind of the long and short of it. I feel like you covered a lot of it pretty accurately. You know, I had lived a little bit, but as a as a overall thing, <clears throat> uh, as overall thing, I think honestly. It, for my money, and even though I, obviously I didn't pay for it, but for my money, that was uh, that was the best fight of the night for me. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That uh, how do you say Evalev? Evloyev. 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 Yep. Yeah, that Evloyev Lopez fight. That was my favorite one. Yeah, it was a good one. We I guess we don't have to talk about which fight was our favorite of the card. Yeah, <laughs> we both agree. We ain't got to talk about what my least favorite was. Uh. <laughs> 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 you want to take us into uh, speaking of a segue? Yeah, fuck, I guess. Did <laughs> uh, yeah. it to myself. Yeah. Um. So next up, we had Jessica Andrade. It'll be quick. Sorry. It, yeah. Yeah. Jessica Andrade versus uh Ya Yan Xiaonan. Yeah, I think and you got that one. Man, when I tell you, um, I was expecting a battle for sure. I think we all were, bro. I, Andrage, all, I was like, Andrade with her strength was about yeah. to Andrade it up, you know? Jessica Andrade is, is known. You know I mean, shit, her nickname is the, is the pile driver. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what her nickname translates to, the pile driver. Um, you know, she's just that strong. And, yeah. you know, she was coming off of a, a loss not too long ago to um, 
to Erin Blanchfield when she was choked yes. out. And that was like yes, February yes. of last year. So we yes. haven't really seen her for a little while. So that's why I was kind of geeked to see her. And on the other end, we had um, Yan Jiaonan from China who was coming off of her uh, majority decision victory over Mackenzie Dern mm-hmm. in, in October of last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's kind of was looking to work her way up through the system to try to get a title shot. And she got a, a big opportunity put in front of her to face Jessica Andrade. And two minutes into that first round, through a striking exchange, she dips her head down overhand right, and she knocked Jessica Andrade out. It was like... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you're right. It was a, it was in a flash, man. You know, yeah. uh, ultimately how it played out was they started striking early. Jessica Andrade is she leaves you. There's nothing to guess. She's coming yeah. to hurt you. She's yeah. not there to feel you out. She's not there to be like, oh, let's see what she likes. I'm swinging. Yeah. And she came in and she put it. She was putting a lot of pressure on uh, Yan Xiaonan, and she has a really bad habit of chasing people. Yeah. And I, TJ told me even off air, I called this before. I was like, she yeah. got to stop doing that shit, man. Because yeah. as entertaining as it is, it's, you know, eventually that's going to lead to something bad. And I mean, it has before and it did again. Yeah. Um, And I'm I'm not saying this to put her down. It's just her way of fighting sometimes leaves her vulnerable. We, you, you can't defend and punch at the same time. Right. It's just not possible. Right. And um, yeah, Xiaonan just got her head off the line, threw that right hand. And threw it going in the opposite direction. So all of the inertia Ooh. basically was going against uh, Jessica Andrade. And it that was, was like it, a, man. A car crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that was significant about this was this was uh, Yan Xiaonan's return to straw weight. What? She, um, yeah. she That was her first fight back at straw weight for a while. And the the craziest thing too, it's like you don't see knockouts at strawweight like that, Mm-mm. dude. Not like no, you that. Don't. No, you do not. I mean, not uh, not Zhao Nan. That was Jessica Andrade's oh, first right, fight right. back at strawweight. My my mistake. Yeah. yeah. So. Insane. Yeah, I was heartbroken. Obviously, you know, I, I had no feelings about Jessica Andrade being one of my favorite uh fighters, especially on the female side for sure. And man. You hate to see your favorites lose, man. Yeah. Hate to see it. Um, did you have anything you want to add, or do you want to go straight nah, to this you, Bilal you Gilbert? You killed it. You killed it, dude. Uh, you you hit every point uh, properly. I have nothing to add. Let's let's do Muhammad versus Burns. Um, man, listen. What, what did they sign this at? Two weeks notice? There's mm-hmm. like, let's do it. Five rounds, bro. One of them coming off of Ramadan. One of them literally had just fought last month. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was wondering, it's like, man, what are the guys things going to be like? Well, let me tell you something. Um, plentiful, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, man, this was at welterweight. And basically, whoever won, the, it, it was essentially kind of a title eliminator uh, at the UFC level, right? Whoever won this bout is guaranteed the next shot against Leon Edwards, right? Mm-hmm. We have Bilal Muhammad, who at this point, everyone considers to be one of the hardest working dudes in MMA who doesn't get his shine. Him and like Benil Dariush, right? Like Benil Dariush is up next, right? Where, uh, is it next week he's fighting Charles Oliveira? Is it 289? Uh, that's 289. Next 289. week is Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck versus Almeida. Uh, Almeida. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah, man, it's just... 
Bilal Muhammad, rep in Chicago, Valley Flow. One of my, well, a few of my friends actually train out at that gym. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if they've ever encountered Bilal too. Because, um, you know, like you got the star dude, like they, they, they have the home gym, but they don't use the home gym during the normie hours, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, but, but with that being said, uh, we got Bilal Muhammad on one hand and then we got Gilbert Burns. And basically it was interesting the way the, uh, the, pre-fight kind of teaser video kind of laid it out. Bilal had the chip kind of similar to Nate Diaz on McGregor in that he felt like Gilbert Burns has been taking away all his opportunities, all the things that he had worked for. Uh, Because to be fair, Bilal has asked for a lot of the fights that, you know, kind of made Gilbert low-key in recent terms, or in in, in terms of recent times, more of a household name if he wasn't already one, right? The Mm -hmm. Hamzat fight, right? Uh, the what was another barn burner that Gilbert Burns just had the Masvidal fight, so on and so forth, right? What other Gil? What other barn burner has he had? Let's look uh, at his like resume. Kamar Usman, Kamar <laughs> yeah. Usman, right? Like Who has Gilbert Burns fought? No, it was everybody. <laughs> everybody, basically. Uh, but yeah, so that's why Bilal had the chip on his shoulder. Now, with that being said, bro, I'm gonna be real with you. I thought I didn't know that. Bilal was going to be giving Burns this many problems. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, too, I guess Lady Luck was also on Bilal Muhammad's side. And, and you can't say that luck isn't a factor in these things, right? Any fighter will tell you, like, you know, luck plays a factor. Like, it, it doesn't even necessarily apply to, like, just, like, striking combat sports. Like, jiu-jitsu, too, is like, man, sometimes it just wasn't your day, right? Or sometimes it was your day, right? But early on in the fight, uh, Gilbert Burns tries to go for a takedown, Bilal kind of defends against it, but the way Bilal defended, uh, it made Gilbert Burns post on his left arm, which I think led to a shoulder injury because two rounds deep, all of a sudden he's not using that left hand anymore, right? Now, with that too, what did Bilal do the whole round that I thought was great? And we saw a little bit of this in the main event as well. But if you notice one thing, Bilal's gas tank, fucking crazy because he did this the whole fight long what was he doing matt he was constantly switching his stance and what was he spamming bro his fucking left roundhouse to the head to the body i think Mm -hmm. there was um there was another punch he was spamming too uh what was it was it the the left hook or was it the right hook the right hook because he stepped around yeah yeah yeah. yes it was the right hook too i was because here's the thing there were a few times where Bilal wobbled Gilbert Burns, like literally, sh- like had him shook it, if you will, right? Um, but he couldn't finish him. But man, he beat him up for like five straight rounds. It was, it was basically the Bilal show featuring Gilbert. Um, mm-hmm. But like Gilbert just couldn't deal with the stance switching. But I will say, like every, every now and then, like his right hand, bro, was like a homing missile, like a, like was it like a a, a surface to Bilal's face missile, if you will. But that being said, though, Bilal killed it. Like, he needed this win. He was getting booed, but that always happens because of his style of fighting. Like, they'll say it's boring, but it's like, if you know, you know. Like, that was the exact fight to fight against somebody like Gilbert Burns. You're not going to fucking out-grapple necessarily Gilbert Burns. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. It was, it was like, I'm, I'm happy for Bilal. Like, because hopefully, like, now he's got the guaranteed title shot. He can let people know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? After Kobe. 
after after, after still there's really going to give Kobe. That's what they still were saying. Anyway. They said he he just gets the next one after the next one basically. All right. I'm not gonna go into that. Matt, take it away. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, uh, so I, I'm gonna just just go right into our last one. Um, Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. This is an interesting fight. We've been talking and, about this one in the group chat, like yeah, then too. Like, it's um, I think the right person won. I, I, <laughs> I agree. can hear I can hear it. I feel you. Yeah, I, totally I, I, I totally hear like I totally think he won. There's a I don't know how to describe it. There's a way that Aljamain Sterling wins fights that it's like it's so it damn near feel like it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's frustrating because it's like, man, bro, you kind of lucky. Like, I'm just gonna be yeah, real. I, like I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was I like, I don't know, man. I 100% get it. You was looking like a killer for rounds one through three. And then it was just like, it just seemed like he very visibly was like, I'm done fighting. I got it. Yeah. It's like, oh man. Bro, you hit the nail on the head, bro. It's like, it's the same thing we saw in the Piotr Jan fight. Like he gets three rounds, kills it. Then he's like, I think I've done enough. And go ahead, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're you're right, man. It just was like. It was just weird. He just it because it it didn't seem like he was it. Listen, if he was gassed, if if this whole time he's just been masking a bad gas tank, he's fooled me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it he didn't look like he was tired, man. It just looked like he was like, I've I'm done enough. I'm yeah. gonna coast. I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna point this dude until I get to the end. Um, I was like, that's Henry Cejudo. You can't be messing around like this. Yeah, I mean, look, man, he got he won on two scorecards, but even if you look at how the score, how like how the fight was scored, he shouldn't have been coasting. You yeah. know, if I'm being real, like none of these judges, I, two of the three judges saw him lose that last round. Yeah. And and here's the thing, what did his corner tell him? Matt Sarah, Ray Longo were saying like, "Bro, come on, keep spamming the leg kicks." And yeah, it was like he effectively used his reach for the first three rounds. It was it was actually really interesting to see that because it was like, wow, Henry Cejudo really cannot close the distance. Right. It was it it like it seems like the easiest shit to say or do in the world, and it seems like it shouldn't be that complex. But like, you need to understand how decorated this dude is. He could not close that gap. Right. And then, like, even he couldn't close the gap on him in wrestling exchanges. He couldn't close the gap on him in striking exchanges. He couldn't close close the gap on him in jujitsu exchanges. What? But what I will say is, I felt like on the ground, Aljamain was way more defensive than he was offensive. It didn't yeah. look like to than what I'm used to seeing him do. Like, right. it looked like he was kind of there more to wrestle Henry Cejudo. It didn't look like he planned on doing, like, it didn't seem like he wanted to finish him, like with jujitsu. Right. And I mean, I remember before that, he was saying that he wanted to try to stop him with hands. And, you know, I mean, there was way more striking in this fight than I even expected. Like, yeah. stand up. There was a ton of stand up in this fight. Yeah. Um, You know, just... It's really interesting, man. I mean, again, I think the right person won, and I'm not saying that based on bias. I'm just saying it based on what I saw. Right. But that was a, it was close. I mean, shit. If you look at visual damage, like look at Cejudo's face and look at Sterling's face. Yeah. 
It was close, for sure. But I think this comes down to... This is one of those fights that comes down to how do judges score things and what is scoring what amount of points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Again, yeah. I it's not as if he was running Henry Cejudo over for those first three rounds. But to me, and it's just my opinion, to me, he kind of... Like maybe not the second one, right? But definitely like one and three. Yeah, two was kind of up in the air because uh, I think it's all the first round in any fighting situation to some degree, especially with guys that have never fought each other before, is like some sort of feel out. Yeah, downward phase. Yeah. So like the real kind of story was more so in the second round. I was like, huh, okay. Like I still kind of gave the second round to Aljamain, but I thought Henry kind of gained on him a little bit. Yeah. And then he kind of put the gas back down on Henry in the third. You know, I mean, like there weren't really like knockdowns. It was just just really odd. It was like, I, you know what it is? Aljamain point fighted him. That's what it is. It was a, this fight was a point fight. This wasn't a fight for to see who was like, Neither guy seemed like was trying to stop the other one. It was just a lot of point fighting. Which and I, I, I thought it was a really, way to win. You it know? is a way to win. No, it's right. a way to win. You don't got to always like it. Right. Winners got to win, man. Right, the, right. And, and the last thing I'll say, and I just thought this was an odd strategy. Like, I don't know what it was he saw. And I'm, I'm speaking about Henry Cejudo at this point. That he kept trying to spam the head kick for some reason. Yeah. He was like, dude, stop yeah. throwing the fucking head. Kick this tall motherfucker in his legs. <laughs> Like, it was like he kept setting up this head kick. And he did it so much in the first two rounds. I just yeah. thought it was so weird. Yeah. It was like, why? I, and again, I, I'm not an MMA fighter. I haven't done any of the things that either of these guys have done. But I just would not imagine being the shorter fighter. Right. And I'm shorter height-wise and even in reach on everything. And I, I say that because this motherfucker's taller than Max Holloway and he got more reach than them. But what I'm saying right. is like, to be at that disadvantage, it just doesn't logistically to me makes sense to throw head kicks at a guy taller than me. Unless unless he thought of it as a way to open up the body, maybe raise the hands a little bit higher. Maybe. But, I'm, but I'm even still, it was just no way to close that gap. But right. that was all my thoughts on it. Right. Um, I'm gonna just piggyback off of the the frustration with Aljamain because if you remember the Piotr Jan fight, round five was very similar ending. Sterling was on the bottom, Piotr was on top. Round five of this fight, Sterling was on the bottom, Cejudo was on top. It's like, why? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't get. Like, I don't, I don't think he's gassing out, but it's just there. There's this palpable diminishing of drive that seems to occur once we get into the championship rounds. With with Sterling, like I was watching the first It's like, dude, why why are you stopping your leg kicks now? You should be spamming that leg kick, like cement this victory. It 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 was up in like even his corner was just like, yo, you gotta spam these leg kicks. It's it's not as certain of a victory as you think. And I'm just like <sighs> I'm starting to see why he gets booed so much because I I guess it's like he's taking pride in his performance, but like the and UFC I, fans like, are are have been catered to want to see fighters that are looking to finish fights. But but I'm I'm saying taking finishing off the table, right? Taking mm-hmm. finishing off the table. I I don't care if he didn't finish the fight, but it's like make the decision obvious, right? Like how mm-hmm. 
satisfied can you really be with a with a split decision? That means you could have lost it. It just happened that the one other judge thought you won it too, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. if if Suhudo wanted to push the narrative that they run it back, they could, right? A fight this close is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why it's just it's just frustrating. Like rooting for Aljo sometimes. Like, I know he's got it in him. But what is going on when, like, your corner's telling you to do something and you're not doing it? And like you said, he he kind of got lucky, man, um, with the outcome. Because that fifth round, bro, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think – I uh, now that I'm really thinking about it, though, I will say this. This is my last thing I'll say on it. Like, I think he might I, – I think he might be masking the fact that his energy is low. Mm. Because – I remember seeing footage when he did the the weigh-in and he said it was a tough one. And he'd even mentioned in the press conference after mm. that he felt like uh, this was a tough one. And that he said we'd only do probably one more at 35 and he's gone. Yeah. Like, um, so maybe the weight cut's hard for him. I don't know. But uh, right. I think it'll be, if he does end up fighting Sean O'Malley next, it will be very interesting to me I to see that fight. I didn't realize how fight. much of a height difference there was between them. Because Sean O'Malley is very tall, and this yeah. will be probably the first time that Al Jermaine Sterling will be at a reach disadvantage. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see when the guy that's the resident big man fights another big man. It's like, yeah. oh, you up here too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So, but that was pretty much my thoughts on it. I thought overall it was a good night of fights. I thought it was a good weekend of fights. Yeah. Uh, best fight, I would say, though, hands down, I saw was, how you say it? E, e, how you say it? Evloyev. Evloyev versus Diego Lopez. That was the best fight I saw this weekend. I agree. I agree. Good card overall, too. Good card. They, yeah, they delivered. Um, Next week, we Ooh. got Jorginho Rosenstrike versus... Uh, Jalton Almeida. We also got Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker on that card. Diego Rodriguez, Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. And we got Tim Means again. Tim Means versus oh, Alex Dirty Bird. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. And as far as boxing. Oh, wait. Uh, before we go over to boxing, uh, 2 p. 2. two it's going to be an early one. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an early one, man. Oh, that's perfect. I'm looking at it right now. 2 p.m. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Get some sleep. Like- Come on, man. <laughs> Won't he do it? Time, bro. You won't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as far as boxing, uh, the next one we will be covering will be the May twentieth event, and that will be Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko for the undisputed lightweight championship. So that's the next boxing we'll be covering. You guys got about two weeks on that, but we will be covering that UFC next week. Um, You can follow me. On social media at Matt Hambrick, that's M A T T H A M B R I C T J. Y'all can find me on Instagram at Tuss4Skate, that's T U S S number four underscore S K A T E. And y'all can find Bryce on Instagram as well at Ashe Onsa, that's A X E underscore O N C A. Bay Bay. <laughs> and you can follow us at Now Mind You Podcast, wherever you like to get your podcast. We're on all the podcasts and platforms. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're gonna be starting to uh we're gonna start throwing these up on YouTube as well. Yep. So we're everywhere. We on YouTube now too. With that said, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for rocking with us, and we'll be talking about more fisticuffs next week with that UFC event. Peace out and y'all stay safe. Peace. <laughs>